The Beauty Biz, brought to you by serial entrepreneur and aesthetic clinic chain founder, Esther Fieldgrass. Your regular insider peek into the beauty and wellness industry. Hi everyone, Esther Fieldgrass here. Welcome to The Beauty Biz, where I interview beauty, well-being and health professionals to bring you the very latest news and views. This morning, I want to welcome somebody really special. Oh, thank you. (laughs) My husband calls him my guilty pleasure. (laughs) I call him my secret weapon. Today, I have here with me hairstylist extraordinaire, Mr. Paul Edmonds. And I have to say that when I'm in Paul's salon, I have to elbow my way through the celebs (laughs) to get to him. So I'm delighted to have him here with me this morning. Thank you. So, Paul, can you just give us give us an overview of your empire, how okay. you built it? Um, how I built it? I've had my business now for 34 years. started in 1984. No, we're not that old. I know. I was a child at the time. <laughs> um, anyway, I started it off in Beecham Place because I thought it'd be a good idea. The reason I started my own business was I wanted to do something that was slightly different. Um, at that time, in the 80s, it was very hairdresser-led, so hairdressing was one of those things where... People, uh, or should say hairdressers, were very ego-led. So it was all about them and what they were going to do to the client. And I'm a people pleaser, so I like making people happy. So one of the things that I wanted to do is have it client-focused and client-centric. So it was one of those things of trying to change the way people thought and did things. So that's how I started off, and it seemed like a good idea at the time. And I've always said I'm a bit like Forrest Gump. Um, things kind of happen (laughs) and people think I'm really clever and the only thing I'd say is that I'm quite uh, maybe entrepreneurial of seeing a a little moment where you have to jump in and grab luck by the tail and hang on to it hard Um, but what what I did was open up in Beach and Place everyone suddenly went oh my god Beach and Place is the place to be Diana Princess Diana was going directly over the road to San Lorenzo Jasper Conran opened up, and then John Galliano uh, opened up in the street. So suddenly it was the centre of kind of fashion. And we got a really good name within the fashion business and beauty for being inspirational. I was just doing my hairdressing as normal and saying, talking to my clients as I normally talk to them. And people thought it was quite different. So that's how I started. (laughs) And then it grew. And now I've... uh, 61 staff, I think, as of today, uh, working for us. We have a salon in Knightsbridge, Brompton Road, and we also have a salon in Battersea Power Station, which yeah. is kind of looking at the future rather than at the present. So that's an exciting area. Yeah, I was recently in Battersea with you, and it's so beautiful. I couldn't yeah, believe it, it. It's got a very nice feel to it because it's very elegant and beautiful, but it also feels very friendly. Very modern. Yeah, very modern. But we based it on a kind of a 30s, 40s idea. And I think that worked very well because it has that slight glamour. Glamour is very tricky because glamour comes actually from the whole thing of the glamour books of the 40s and 50s where it was those pin-up girls. All the icons. Yeah, all the icons. And I think sometimes glamour can end up being a bit tacky. So we try and edge the other way on glamorous, but friendly and approachable. That's what we're about. Yeah, what got me when I walked into Battersea was the first thing they said to me at 10 o'clock in the morning is, would you like a cup of coffee or would you like a vodka? (laughs) (laughs) Not champagne. Well, I could have had champagne. (laughs) The idea, instead of having a a reception, that we'd have a, a bar. 
so you can get anything from a juice through to a vodka yeah, I love a that. vodka shot <laughs> I love that um I always say that aging has four pillars in a health route of beauty great skin great teeth great hair could you talk a bit about what happens to hair as we grow older I mean one of the things that I always talk to you about is aging and hair and about women and their hairstyles and isn't it time they cut it all off <laughs> well thankfully neither of us have the problem with aging so it's okay that's okay um but yeah one of the things that i think happens is that well two things women especially sometimes get stuck and they get stuck in we go back to glamour in that moment when they feel most glamorous sexy and at their best which is probably in their mid-30s to late-30s. Um, and they try and hang on to that, and very often they'll hang on to the hairstyle of that time. So it tends to date people, and I think the whole thing about trying to look young is being contemporary. I think you need to be contemporary. So I'm not saying you have to cut off your hair, but I think you have to look at what's happening around you and take that on and be part of what's happening. Um, and I know that we have that discussion quite often <laughs> and we constantly update you. Constantly. Um, and honestly, I can say to any of the listeners, about every three months we have a complete revisit to what Esther's going to be and who, who she's going to look like and what's going to happen. Exactly. I find that if my hair isn't right, nothing feels right. Yeah, I think that what happens is the clothes of that moment don't look right on you. No. So you can try on the clothes and you'll feel wrong. Um, I think it's one of those things. As you get older, your hair does get thinner. I think the texture changes as well, and very often it gets a little bit frizzier, and that's to do with the grey hair. Um, not that anyone ever has grey hair. No, no. Um, so one of those things that you have to do is keep the hair looking young. So it's condition. So you say about your four pillars, I've, I've got condition cut and styling. Um, Condition is one of the biggest things that makes so much difference. I kind of see so many women walking around. I go around London on the tube or on the bus and look at a lot of women. And what's a shame is they spend a lot of money on doing the rest of it. Um, I was at a, a, a big dinner a few weeks ago. And honestly, the women there were dressed amazingly. Most of them, I have to say, had horrible hair. They had... Um, their hair either in scrunches, they hadn't, you end up thinking they spent two and a half thousand pounds on a frock and they didn't even go and get a blow dry. It's Did like, you give them your business card? It was a business <laughs> do, but I have to tell you the truth. It was at St. James's Palace. Oh my God. <laughs> so, you know, you're dressing up to go to St. James's Palace. You'd think that maybe you'd do something with your hair and they didn't and I just think it's a shame because it's one thing that you can alter really easily about your hair and make yourself look amazing yeah I agree um, I know I'm speaking to the converted with you I so. know I know that's, that's why I always say you're my secret weapon in fact I was debating whether to share you here this morning I thought <laughs> but even more difficult to get an appointment I, it, it made me laugh I was in the salon a couple of weeks ago and I was talking to Tony one of your senior stylists mm -hmm. And he was telling me that years ago, he actually was going into Buckingham Palace to style uh, the, the queen. queen. And I said to him, for God's sake, I said, why didn't you change her hair? And he said to me, her majesty, and this was, her majesty says that she has to keep the same style because that's her brand. 
and really. it made me laugh. It is true, and I, I do think it's a bit sad though, because I I look at her hair, and I think she could keep it on the same type of line, but modernise it. And it's just a matter of not having it quite so curly, having it a little bit more kind of softened out. And I think she'd look very elegant. But I don't think she's one of those women that you're going to turn that quickly into doing anything that she doesn't want to do. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think for her, she's on her stamps, you know, yeah. the portraits and everything else. But I was looking back recently at Princess Diana yeah. and how over the years... She changed. She changed and she looked more and more beautiful. Yeah, she did. And I have to say, and it's not because she had... When her hair was cut short, when Sam McKnight cut her hair off, I thought it looked amazing. So she went from being that kind of flicky, longer-haired person to being this modern, contemporary woman that you could see that there was strength behind there. That's the other thing I'd say about hair. Hair should be seamless and easy. It shouldn't have a good day and a bad day. And I, I did your hair yesterday, and I was quite nervous about seeing you this morning, <laughs> that if it was going to look great today and it's really strange but it's a strange thing because I don't I rarely see my clients for a little while after I've done their hair um, and so you always think oh I hope it's going to be all right I hope it's going to be all right you know I've been in the business for years and I still kind of want kind of get a little bit worried about that but you look amazing well thank you darling. you just shoved your fingers <laughs> through your hair and it worked and that's what hair should be it shouldn't be that you have to spend five hours with rollers in but Paul, one of the things that I always have a problem with is my hair colour. Yeah. Let's talk a bit about colour. Colours, again, it's one of those things that with ageing, everyone does this thing of you have to go lighter, you have to go lighter. I think you have to go with the skin tone that you've got. I think that some people suit dark, some people suit light. I think there's softening has to start happening because it can look too hard on the edge, around the edges. And also you get the problem with grey showing immediately, which is always a nightmare um, but we tend to change people's hair color with seasons because people's skin tone changes so I think it's quite important that you take that up on and it's not that you have to change dramatically it can be just slight tweaks in either warming it up to enhance your own skin tone but what you don't want to do is go too far away from what actually suits that person you know you you've got dark eyes and I can't see you as being a blonde We've discussed this before about blondes have more fun. I'm not sure they always do. Um, well, I'm sure you don't. As a, <laughs> a brunette. Um, I don't think anyone could have more fun than you. Um, I think you have to go with what suits that person. As you get older, what what happens is you lose uh, pigment in your skin as well as your hair. So very often your skin tone will go ashier and, and whiter and flatter. And so if you've got white hair and a kind of a whiter skin, you end up like grey. I know. With, with myself, I know that I'm always colouring my hair like every 10 days, two weeks. Um, and so product-wise, I, I know you're always looking at my scalp because I'm always saying, mm. you know, my scalp's sensitive. And I know you've changed some of the products and there's now new products on the market. Yeah, the, it's actually, we're at a great moment. And you know this from beauty, that there's a great moment. The, everyone kind of says, oh, the shampoo's a shampoo. Well, actually, it's not. I can't tell people exactly what product to use, but the, you need to talk to the expert. Talk to your hairdresser and get them to advise you. And yeah, they will have their own favorite brands they work with, but you really need to take advice from them. And I'd say it's much better going to them than going to the girl in boots. 
it's one of those things that a hairdresser is going to have more knowledge. So use their knowledge, ask questions, ask them how you can improve your hair. Um, and I know we've been through a, a, a bit of a, a thing with your hair of changing products to help your scalp, but also help your hair. Because it's that thing that your hair started to go a little bit dry, so we had to put some treatments in there. And, you know, it's there's nothing wrong with doing a monthly treatment. Please, in you do it to your skin. You do it on maybe a daily basis, put moisturiser on. Some people kind of go, well, I can't use, I can't use conditioner because it makes my hair too soft. You're using the wrong conditioner. You need to use something that is specific to your hair that won't make it go soft. We've got great treatments that actually make the hair fuller rather than uh, flatter because they contain more proteins and the proteins strengthen up the hair and make the hair kind of harder so it's more resilient and bouncier. Um, and you have other ones where you want to soften it and so you then use moisturizers which kind of make the hair smoother and glossier so it depends on what you want it's horses for courses it certainly is several years ago an old friend of mine kathy phillips oh, yeah no kathy she was the uh editor actually of vogue yeah and she brought out a book on blondes yeah do you remember that yeah are you going to bring out a book <laughs> no uh, <laughs> and i wouldn't dare do one on blondes i've been blonde and the only thing i was saying when i was blonde did i have more fun no, but I have to say people act differently towards blonde. So I understand the whole thing. You know, blonde, one of those things, I did some research years ago on that whole thing of why blonde, why blonde. And it's to do with youth. When most children are uh, kind of born, they start off with dark hair and they'll go through a blonde phase. Well, at least if you're kind of European. Um, and it then gradually goes darker. So it's tied in with youth. The... Romans, when they were conquering the world, they used to get um, Scandinavians as slaves and concubines. And the local women, shall we say, the Romans had dark hair, so they were really jealous. So they started bleaching their hair um, and they used to use lime um, to lighten their hair, which is a bit of a dangerous thing because very often they overdid it and it'd drop out. Um, <laughs> but it became this thing of, known for being kind of a more of a sexual thing, being blonde. My so, eyebrows are... <laughs> no, you're not going blonde. <laughs> <laughs> My husband would be happy to hear that. So, Paul, we talked about colour and everything else. What are your favourite products? Um, well, you know, I'm a stylist rather than a colourist. Um, I have to say, I love Shurmura products. And the reason I, I love uh, shoe is that it's very good and very effective in what it does. Because I think it's it's all right having kind of odd products that you like, but um, as something that's cohesive and gels together, it's quite good staying with one brand. And I, I love Shurmura. It's natural. It doesn't make the hair heavy. It makes it feel light. Um, and it gives great gloss. You know, we're going back to how the hair looks and, again, ageing. Um, one of the things that's great is that if you can have something that makes it glossy but not flat, because I think most women, as they get older, their hair starts to feel flatter, and then that's when they start deciding they need to put kind of rollers in the top and backcomb it, and it ends up being stiff and too hard. I think you want to keep it looking fluid so you can put your hands through your hair, and that's my product. Okay, so while we're talking about that... Um... 
what do you think is on the horizon trend-wise with hair and hair care products? Trend-wise, there's quite a few things that are happening. But I think back in the day, there used to be the cut of the moment and everyone had that cut. And Are we going back to Sassoon? Sassoon, yeah. Sassoon, post-Sassoon, you know, um, hate to say it, show my age, the Purdy, which was like the... <laughs> my age as well. <laughs> I think every, every woman had one of those, which was uh, people that don't know and are younger. Um, it was uh, the Avengers and Joanna Lumley had this haircut that was a bit like a bowl cut and everyone wanted that haircut. Now it's not that. There's micro trends. So what you tend to have is lots of little trends. And also on top of that, you have things where people see a star on TV or in a film and they'll follow that trend. It's quite funny because uh, we were involved um, in a series that, that was on TV and Keely Halls was in it. And she's one of our clients and she's got a short bob and w with a few layers through it. And it was one of those things that everyone's suddenly going, oh, short hair but sexy. So it's that thing that people tend to think if they see that, they'll then go to those kind of looks. But I'd say bobs are still kind of the main thing. Um, lobs, so the long bobs. Long hair drives me to distraction. And mainly, <laughs> well, mainly because people don't think they just grow their hair and they just leave it and don't think they have to do anything to it. So it looks a mess. And I'm sounding like a really old, grumpy old man, uh, but I just don't like that look when someone could look beautiful and I love long hair but I love it when it looks beautiful not when it looks dry and breaking I see people on television and I see them in the street and I never really recognise I think well I know them and I was in uh, Knightsbridge Salon uh, a few weeks ago and I was looking at this woman sitting in the corner I thought oh god she's beautiful and I, I thought I'm sure I know her and I said to one of the uh, the juniors I said who is that? I'm sure I know her. And she went, oh, that's Margot Robbie. And oh, yeah. I went, oh, yes, the woman <laughs> yeah, is gorgeous. Well, Margot's one of those people. And we, she came to us through doing a film because she was going to be doing Tarzan. And she'd been in America having, um, I can't, can't remember the film she did before, but she was kind of very blonde, very highlighted. And when she came to us, her hair was actually falling out. And it was one of those things that we were given, very unusually, a three-month time slot to build her hair up and get her to go red because they wanted it to look like a natural red and so we worked on it worked on the condition and it was mainly conditioned so the color would hold um, as I say we work a lot with actresses Emma Thompson's one of my clients she's been one of my clients for years and we again talk about someone aging and she ages beautifully because she's now got bleach blonde hair that's cut into a short style um, and it's, I wouldn't say wash and go, but it's very easy to get that look. And it's kind of very casual, tucked behind the ear with a, a fringe. So it looks brilliant for her, but it works very well for her when she's filming. And she's away filming at the moment. So, Paul, the client-hairdress relationship is a really intimate one. Yeah. Um, do you have any tips for our listeners as to how they can get the most out of their time in the chair? What do you wish you could say to clients but can't? Now, that's a tricky oh, one. Well, I can't. Um, occasionally, I'd say, honestly, you need to ditch this look. But it's one of those things I wouldn't say that because I wouldn't want them to be hurt. So I would 
I always give advice. I think if people take advice, they take advice. If they don't, they don't. Um, I think the, uh, I was saying earlier, that one of the things that's really important with um, the client relationship is it's a very intimate moment when you're with your client. And they will very often tell you things that they don't tell anyone else, even within their own family, um, what's happening in their life. Um, so hairdressers take on a fair amount of stress, actually, from their clients. And and it's one of those things. You're in a position that you're listening and you can give advice. So it's not just hair advice. It's life advice. And one of the things that I've always kind of... I've, I'm very open to people talking to me. And my thing is normally trying to get asked questions to get them to get their own answers to their problems. Ah. Um, Wise man. Well, it's much better than giving advice. So what would you like them to actually ask you? What kind of questions? When people are asking about their hair, I think they need they also need to be open to listen to what the hairdresser is saying. It's not about asking the questions, it's about listening to response. Very often people will say, oh, I think I should have a new hairstyle. I was thinking about having this, this done, and I want this colour. And, and suddenly the hairdresser is being pushed along a road. I think you should be a bit more open and ask the question, what do you think is going to be best for me at this moment? Yeah, I often see people in, in the salon and they have the same style, the same style, yeah. the same style. And not just them, but if I look down the row, everybody's having the same style. Yeah. I mean, today do you talk about to people about what would look better on them? Yeah, and I think that's the thing. And very often you get railroaded by clients that they'll say, I want this. Um, I'm in a very lucky position that... I don't get that quite so much because people really want my advice. But I think the younger stylists tend to get railroaded by what their client's direction is. And they, the younger stylist is scared to kind of say, actually, this looks shit on you. You know, <laughs> really, you need five inches off. Um, and recently I had a, an older client of mine who's in her early 70s. And I have to say, who is very gorgeous and very glamorous. And she kept on saying she wanted to grow her hair, grow her hair. And thankfully, she saw, saw one of her friends who said, what on earth are you doing to your hair? It's far too long. What on earth are you thinking? And she, was, she came in and went, do you think my hair's too long? And I went, yeah. So she went, why have you not told me this? And I said, I've told you, but you won't listen. We ended up taking about six or seven inches off her hair. So it's kind of, she size it long and she wears it down and she is very glamorous. And I wouldn't cut off her hair in a short, a friend would say, you need a short bob. I wouldn't have done it because she wouldn't have been happy. So it's also listening to what the client like is pushing them slightly. And I think it is that thing of, you know, we all get complacent and get pushed except for you. Except for me. There yeah. we go. You're very good. You're you're always like, so what are we going to do? Am I going to take it short? I'm going to long. But you're very open to anything as long as you're going to look better. Yeah, I I think that's what it's all about. I want a, an easy life with hair that looks yeah. fab. So I'm always saying, how are we going to do this? How are we going to achieve it? One of the other things I notice in, in your salons is you have quite a lot of men coming in. Yeah. Talk to me about the men. Um Men, I think, are the same th same problem, same thoughts. Um, the colour thing, you know, 
I look at myself and I'd love to have kind of long shoulder length, dark hair. Um, I've got thin, slightly <laughs> frizzy, uh, thinning hair. So you have to go with what's there. And I, I'd always go, again, we're going back to what I talked to you about. You want easy hair to do. Um, and I'll go for the George Clooney quite happily. I think with men's hair, um, men now are changing slightly because they're growing their hair slightly longer and they're wanting to have more of a, a blow-dried, finished look, which is quite interesting. And men have, you know, sorry, sorry ladies listening to this, but men are much vainer than you think. And they, or you probably know as you spend an hour waiting outside the bathroom for them to come out. Um if they're given the right tools, they'll do all the things they're told, much better than women. So with a man, you'll say, right, you use this shampoo, you use this conditioner, and you put this product on. They will follow that. And I'm not, does that happen in beauty side? Uh, to a degree, yes. I'd yeah. say men follow instructions yes, much better yes, than women. Yes, they feel like they don't know as much as women, but often they do. Yeah. And we live in this, this thing where everyone Googles everything. Um, so everyone's got masses of knowledge more than the, the professional bit, as we know. <laughs> I usually find that men actually are always dipping into their wives or girlfriends' um, beauty products. Yeah, very I, much so. I expect they do but something what, similar for... Yeah, it's very yeah. similar. But what's also interesting is 40%, and I've got the figures, 40% nationally uh, of products bought by men are bought by women for, for the men. Man. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and I have lots of clients who moan about the shampoo which they've spent a fortune on. Uh, being used by their husband, who uses it liberally uh, <laughs> and doesn't quite get that it could be an expensive thing. Um, but I think men have the same kind of problems and they're always looking for solutions. Um, and I think, again, it's going back to hairdressers and getting the right answer off their individual hairdresser. Barbering's one of the, the biggest growth trends at the moment in the UK. Um, and it's the biggest market increase. So it's quite interesting um, that, as I say, that's something that's really taken off. But we have a slight flip side to that because we have men coming in to our salon saying, uh, I don't want a barber. I want a really good haircut, but I don't want the clippers. So I, I quite like that because to me that brings back that slight more artisan thing rather than you use a number two, number three kind of idea of the barbering and that's putting barbers down which I don't mean to do but it is a kind of a different thought process that's interesting I actually noticed somebody yesterday one of your girls actually had a young youngish guy in the chair and she shaved off his beard and his moustache oh yeah completely different look yeah completely different I thought wow yeah again that's one of those things that happens quite a bit where they're kind of you have to lead your client into it if they want a bit of a change. Should I do something new? And they they will. I say men are very good, so they do what they're told much more than women. I'll remember that. <laughs> I'll remember that. You're listening to The Beauty Biz with Esther Fieldgrass. So, Paul, now it's time for listeners' questions. Yep. Uh, we have a couple for you. First from Alicia, who asks, I've recently had my hair cut and I hate it. What can I do? I don't know what to say to my stylist. Help. <laughs> um, yeah, that wasn't a good consultation, obviously, at the beginning. <laughs> um, it's one of those things, that, and it depends on, you know, they say the different uh, 
the time between a good and bad haircut is normally about six weeks. So um, you're going to have to probably let it grow a little bit. I'd go back to the stylist, though, and see if they can pull it back and see if there's any way around the problems. And it depends on what the problem is. Like with a haircut, sometimes it can be too thick or it's too heavy or maybe they've taken it just too short. Um, so I, it's kind of a hard one to answer that question, but definitely go back to the stylist because really the stylist will want it to make it good. They don't want unhappy people. I don't want unhappy people going out of my salon. So I'll always try and make it better. So I'd say go back to the stylist. Okay. If not, then time for a new hairdresser <laughs> do you think male hairdressers are better working with women or female hairdressers Ooh, that's a hard one i know um i think it really depends i don't think personally i've had my hair done by men and women and i think it depends on the individual can i ask the question back do you like a man doing your hair or a woman doing your hair again it depends on the individual i sometimes feel when i talk to my friends that they feel that a man will create a hairstyle which other men will like on a woman. Oh, never. Oh, that's an interesting one. I've never actually thought of that at all. Yeah, but I think sometimes women understand exactly what you're talking about. And the problems that you're yeah. going to have. Yeah. So uh, it is quite a tricky one to say. Yeah. Anyway, here's the second question. Um, this is from Michelle. I've always wanted to try hair extensions, but they're so expensive. How long do they last? And do they ruin your hair? Um, if you have them applied correctly, they won't ruin your hair. In fact, very often with finer hair, they protect it and will help it grow. Um, there's lots of different bonding methods. So when you have the individual hair extensions put in, there's lots of different ways of putting them in. Are the cheaper ways? Clippings are a good way of testing out. So you have clipping extensions, which I have to say will probably cost you a couple of hundred pounds that you can try out see if you like the hair long but what i would say is if you get them take them to your hairdresser and or get your hairdresser to get them for you and have them styled into your hair because otherwise they'll look like lumps that have been shoved into your hair which won't have anything to do with your own head uh, so the worst thing is and i actually saw someone last year walking down in front of me in front of harrods who had blonde hair and had hair extent clipping hair extensions in that were totally different colour and her own hair was totally shorter with a obviously had a nice bob uh, with hair extensions almost down to her waist and they just looked terrible you end up thinking you know that is a complete waste of time because if she was thinking she was looking gorgeous she looked ridiculous there are some other ways of putting it in you can have wefts and we have quite a few clients now have wefts sewn into their hair which um, is a method of applying hair which lasts about six weeks um, and then you can reuse the hair and have it reapplied and put in there um, but that just adds bulk it's not going to give you height or anything like that so you have to kind of again talk to your hairdresser find ways around it but it is an expensive way to go in but if you desire that strength and kind of volume of hair it's you know a good option and what happens when your boyfriend runs his hands through your hair? They never do. <laughs> oh, you don't let them? <laughs> no, you never let them. Um, in fact, one of our clients had hair extensions for three years and her husband never realised. And what was funny was that she got fed up with them, had her hair cut shorter, had them taken out. And he was 
suddenly kind of slightly aware that her hair looked thinner and kind of went, oh, what's happened? And she went, oh, it's just a haircut. And you're just like, oh, that's fine. So I have to say, they don't have to know. OMG, what can I say? <laughs> Men. So, Paul, it's been lovely having you here with me today. Thank you very much. That's all for this episode of The Beauty Biz. If you're enjoying the series, please subscribe to automatically receive the latest episodes if you haven't already. And please rate and review us on iTunes. It would be much appreciated. Bye for now. The Beauty Biz with Esther Fieldgrass. Follow EF Medispa on Instagram. And to find out more about us, go to efmedispa.com. Produced by The Podcast Company.